What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Monday, August 10th. What a weekend of sports there. Colin Morikawa. Dude's an animal on the golf course. How about that? But, of course, we do have more important things. Not to knock golf, but more important things to talk about on the podcast today. I'm getting more and more confident, I tell you, that the NFL season is going to happen. So, since we are in fantasy football draft season... Now is about as good a time as there ever will be to talk about auction draft strategies, so I'll get into just five quick tips to make you a better auction drafter. Before that, of course, we have a lot of moving parts, a lot of news to get to, including the Darius Geis news that broke after uh, Friday's podcast, so got to process all that, talk about that as well, because there's a lot to talk about there, so we'll get into that in a few minutes as well as some other news from around the NFL. But first, got to tell you about our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. Can you tell I have fun with this, read? That's because monkeyknifefight.com, well, there's no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Basketball, baseball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, even esports. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. 50 free dollars is pretty good. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting into when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And remember, use that promo code RANT. It's a good way to, uh, you know, get, get a little few extra dollars to play with. It's been a lot of fun uh, betting on all these different sports and playing DFS on all these different sports. So adding another one into your repertoire here with Monkey Knife Fight isn't a bad thing at all. But as I mentioned, uh, we have this big news that that impacted the NFL with Darius Geis facing a uh, domestic violence charge or could be multiple, as the story says, three separate incidences. He was arrested. The... Uh, Washington football team promptly released Geis. He then ended up clearing waivers. You would have to assume, uh, given the severity of this issue, that a long suspension would be facing him if he if he is, in fact, ever picked up by another team. Maybe this is the end of Darius Geis. That is beside the point. This is a very serious issue. I talk about this a lot, that... There are a lot of things that are bigger than fantasy football, and it would be completely moronic of me to simply say, hey, Darius Geis is cut. Here's what we're doing with the rest of the Washington backfield. It's insensitive to the issue. That's for sure. And right now, you may have paid attention. There was uh, something that impacted the fantasy industry over the weekend with a, a staff member of another website Fantasy Pros, who was ultimately fired from his job for what was really essentially harassing girls online. 
There was a video floating around. There was a text message grab where the dude said some pretty disgusting things. And it is a sad state of affairs, and it does highlight some of the embedded toxic masculinity that we have in football and then in fantasy football in particular. And it is a shame because this is such a beautiful game that doesn't really have to be gendered in any way. Fantasy football is awesome. That's why you're listening to me talk right now. But the unfortunate aspect of fantasy football is the demographic, for the most part, is me. <laughs> White guy, forty or 30 to 40 years old, somewhere in that range. It's unfortunate. There's not a lot of diversity in this audience. And that's not saying the audience is bad or everybody in the audience is bad. You're not bad. But the state of things in fantasy football are, are still pretty problematic because of the embedded toxic masculinity, the state of football in a lot of ways too. We're seeing the landscape change a little bit, seeing some female coaches. Things are changing a little bit, but you still see it a lot. You know, I see it a lot in fantasy football leagues. I see a lot of these really problematic, ha-ha, locker room joke, I'm 12 years old team names, the silly ones that are out there, you know what I'm talking about, that are... You know, sexually charged and, and and stupid, really stupid for that matter. I, I've had people who, you know, kind of look their noses up at, at uh, the, the idea of a female in a fantasy football league or, you know, female analysts. It, it, it's silly. It's silly. It's 2020. It's not 1950. <laughs> it's not, I mean, come on. It's time to evolve. We need more diversity just in general in fantasy football. That's not a bad thing at all. Diversity is the spice of life, man. It's a good thing. And it's unfortunate that events like this have to transpire whatsoever with guys or with the guy in the fantasy industry. But sometimes these bad things can actually lead to good things. You know, if we become more aware and more conscious and, and potentially move on, hopefully move on in the right direction from this sort of stuff. Uh, you know, that's that's just my piece on it. I, I don't think we can just simply gloss over it. It's my job to talk about fantasy football. You know, it's my job. It's what I do. I don't often believe this is what I do, but it's what I do. But I can't just immediately go to the fantasy implications of something like this when it is this serious. So my two cents on it, maybe this hopefully moves us in a in a better direction, in football and in fantasy football. In society, I mean, that would be great too. I know that's a pretty broad goal, but like I said, it is 2020, and we've seen some great social movements. Really, within this past year to two years, some a lot of things have transitioned. So shining a light on it, never a bad thing, even though these events were obviously not good events. Anyway, I should now talk about the, the implications here. A lot of people don't know who Antonio Gibson is. Antonio Gibson is not a running back. Even though he's labeled as a running back in your fantasy commissioner site, he's not a running back. Antonio Gibson is a hybrid. Antonio Gibson is a souped-up Ty Montgomery. He had 71 touches last year. (laughs) That's it. 71 touches. And yet he did score on 12 of those 71. He basically was used 50-50 receiver running back. He's a souped-up Ty Montgomery. He is six foot two. He is 220 pounds. He is 
sub 404 fast, so he has some things that you certainly cannot teach, but he is a guy who's going to struggle in some areas, pass pro being the big one right out of the gate. Now, that being said, the ceiling is incredibly high because, as I said, he has some things that you cannot teach, but he's not going to step in and be a 200-carry guy. You can fully expect that Adrian Peterson and or Peyton Barber or some combination of both are going to be used in that backfield in early downs. I do not buy any narrative that Peyton Barber is a three-down back. We know what Peyton Barber is. Don't blow smoke up my rear end, Washington running backs coach. He's not, he's not a three-down. He's a jack. Sure, you can try and get him to play three downs, but you know as well as I do, and everybody knows, they're going to do their darndest to get Antonio Gibson on the field, especially in passing downs. He's going to be a liability in pass, bro. That's not a knock on him whatsoever. Because a lot of rookies come into the league and there's a lot to pass pro that you have to learn. But if I'm going to take a flyer on somebody in this backfield, I'm not taking the low upside Adrian Peterson or Peyton Barber shot. I'm going to take the high swing for the MF and fence shot. And that, of course, is Antonio Gibson. But where does he go? Now, I ranked him 37. I had Geis ranked 35 before all this, so not too far behind Geis. Geis was ranked there because of the injury concern. As far as Gibson is concerned, I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the risk of him just not being ready. So you're going to take on that risk. Now, technically speaking, that basically puts Gibson as an eighth-round guy in a 12-team league. I have a ninth-round grade on him in the latest edition of the Fantasy Football Game Plan, which is releasing today at FDNFantasy.com. Version 3, fully updated for Darius Geis. I submitted everything, and then that happened, and I had to redo it all. So it is going up today. You get my new draft boards. You get all the new projections, all of that. And I ranked him at 37. So he's in the sort of... Just fringe RB3, almost getting into like you're in premium handcuff territory or you're just swinging for the fences or it's a bunch of lackluster guys. So he obviously does stand out in that range because there's very few guys you can swing for the fences with. He's going to be one of them. If you go zero RB or modified zero RB, he's going to be a guy who we're going to look at. In fact, I'll have a column coming out at FTNFantasy.com later on this week and I'll talk about it on the podcast. 10 running backs to target if you go wide receiver early. He's going to be on the list. He's volatile, but he's going to be on the list. So that's kind of where we are with this backfield. It's far from ideal. Now, it is going to be interesting to see if Alex Smith can get, if he can really battle for this job. I mean, it's pretty amazing. I thought that was a career-ending injury. So either way, that could that could give the team a little bit more stability. On paper, they're still not very good, though. They have a long way to go. I understand now, you know, looking back at it, Initially heading into the draft, I'm like, there's no way they don't take Tua at two. And now, like, you know, I understand why they took Chase Young. And they have some work to do on the defensive side of the ball. And you get a guy like that who can really anchor the defense. It makes a lot of sense. They have work to do on both sides, but it's not like you're going to rebuild in one year. So you get a foundational piece like that. And, you know, you're sort of hoping you can bridge the gap a little bit at quarterback. Anyway, a couple other news items to get to before these auction tips. Alvin Kamara playing with a uh, a torn knee last year. Now, not a torn ACL. There's all sorts of things you can tear in your knee. But basically, an injured knee in week six 
pretty remarkable he made it through the whole season. Pretty mar- remarkable that he did what he did. I don't think this really impacted the touchdown production, but the fact that he wasn't 100%, that just makes me even more confident in uh, in Alvin Kamara. I'm in a home league where I do have a very active trader. There's a couple active traders in this league, but this one guy, literally you'd think he thinks you win the league by trading. He's admitted it. He said he has a problem, <laughs> but... He is is trying his darndest in this keeper league to get Alvin Kamara off of my hands. And I've had Kamara since his rookie season, so I have him as a very nice keeper. And I'm not doing that. (laughs) You're going to have to give a whole heck of a lot to get rid of him because I think he bounces back in a big way from the touchdown standpoint this year. And he it wouldn't shock me if at the end of the season he's he finished as the number one. Now, I don't think he does, obviously, because I have McCaffrey ranked there, but it wouldn't shock me at all. Uh, one other quick note I wanted to get to. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt could both get 15 carries? Well, this comes from Cleveland.com. I'm going to take that only as far as that. Uh, remember, if you're if you're seeing any beat writers or anybody like that making projections, they're beat writers. They aren't in the business of doing projections. So just take it with a grain of salt. It's not a projection from Cleveland.com. It's not. It was Ellis Williams over there. It's not a projection. I think it's more of a statement of Kareem Hunt's going to be more involved in the run game than you might realize. Nick Chubb's still going to be used a lot, but I do think this is, and this is what we've thought all along, this is going to be a two-man backfield that's going to be similar to what we saw in Minnesota, but plus. Minnesota last year, we did see Madison involved, even, you know, even before... Cook was banged up. We saw him involved. Well, Hunt's going to be plus. You know, he's going to be used even more. And that puts a little bit of a damper on Nick Chubb's ceiling. I still think you could view him as a top 12 easily. Top 10 is close. He's right at 10 for me. Beyond that, though, his ceiling isn't as high as some of the other guys in that range. Like you look at volatility. Is Nick Chubb more volatile than Kenyon Drake? Hell no. Does Kenny Drake have a higher ceiling? Absolutely. You know, and they're ranked pretty closely in my rankings, back to back almost. So that's what you have to consider if you're thinking about taking on Nick Chubb. Remember, in my running back tiers, a lower ceiling RB1 is what I have him as. So I don't think this is a projection per se. I just don't see uh, Kareem Hunt getting 15 carries a game, but could I see him getting 8 to 10? Yeah. Yeah, I could. I absolutely could. Not saying we're going all in on Kareem Hunt. It's more a statement of Nick Chubb capped upside. I think that's the big one. All right, so let's dive into this. couple tips for you in auction drafts. If you haven't tried an auction draft, I think they're pretty fun. And what I like about auction drafts is you legit have the shot at anybody. If you're drafting in a regular redraft and you don't have the first pick this year, you ain't getting Christian McCaffrey unless somebody's overthinking it. <laughs> that's pretty much it. And then you're going to have to be at two. Because somebody overthinks it at one and gets like Saquon or Zeke or whatever, or even in a two-quarterback, overthinks it and drafts a quarterback at one, McCaffrey's not getting past two. However, in an auction, you could get McCaffrey. You could get anybody you want if, as long as you spend right. Now, the key, though, in an auction is really how you allocate your budget. So, of course, if you want auction values right now at FTNFantasy.com on the projections that I have up there, which are fully updated for the Darius Geis news, I do have auction values in there. I'm also just going to have a separate list coming out here this week. 
But the key, first and foremost, establishing those auction values. Now, I base it on a $200 budget, but really, you can think of any budget. It doesn't matter if it's $200, 20 cents, whatever it is, $2 billion. Really, you just want to think of your your budget in terms of percentages. So you want to allocate it to positions. So I'm using a standard setup of one quarterback, two running backs, three wideouts, not two, one tight end, one flex. That's standard. One quarterback, two running back, three wideout, one tight end, one flex. And then defense and kicker, whatever, but I'll talk about that in a minute. The way that I will allocate my budget is essentially as followed. I'm going to spend... uh, Seven, no more than seven and a half percent on quarterbacks. So the most I will spend on quarterback is fifteen bucks in a two hundred dollar auction, and that's across quarterback. So if I'm drafting two, I'm not spending any more than fifteen dollars. So essentially, right there, with that allocation, I've priced myself out of Lamar, who I have valued at twenty nine dollars right now. I've priced myself out of uh, Patrick Mahomes, who I have at twenty four dollars, and so on. So you're not going to get one of those guys, but you don't need one of those guys in a in an auction league. Let them go. Let them go. Let them go for much higher. Right now, I have an $11 value on Russell Wilson. That's pretty right there. You know, I have $11 on Kyler. You're not going to get Kyler for 11, unfortunately. But you know, guys like you know Matt Ryan, nine bucks. You know, you don't have to spend a ton. Drew Brees, six dollars is my value. Now, when I say that's my value, that's what I'm trying to get them at, but I'm willing to go a little above my value. So if I got Breeze for $7, it's not the end of the world. I'm not paying $12 for Breeze, though, because I'm paying double the amount that I have, Matt. You can let a player go. That's sort of the idea of the values. It's not saying you have to get it exactly at that value. It's saying this is the range you should shoot for, and if the bidding goes above that value, then you back off. You back off. So 7.5% for quarterback, 40% for running back. 40% for running back. Take that on because I will have people say, well, you know, I'm in my leagues. The uh, running backs go for a lot of money. Top guys go for about $80. Okay, so you if you got Christian McCaffrey at $80, which I have him at $73, by the way, you've basically spent your entire budget on one player. I'm much more inclined to go a different route. I don't need McCaffrey in a league like that when I can pay, I can pay like you know for for somebody like Joe Mixon 39 40 bucks you know that would be my top guy but then i could also pair him up with another quality running back you know another guy who may not be sexy but you can get for cheap um Le'Veon Bell is like the prime example or Todd Gurley if you get Todd Gurley at 25 bucks if you can get Le'Veon Bell at like 19 20 you still have a lot of money to play with at the position Whereas the guy who paid 80 bucks for Christian McCaffrey, 75 bucks for Saquon Barkley, they don't have a lot of their money to play with now. And it's a stars and scrubs approach, I get it, but I would rather a more balanced roster where I am really able to accumulate players at a value. I mean, ideally, I'll play I'll pay face value or a dollar or two over face value for a couple guys, but I want a lot of these guys actually cheaper than my value. I find over the years, I'm, it happens a lot at wideout, especially if the draft falls asleep for a little bit, because you really have to stay on your A game for the entire auction. They fall asleep at the wheel, boom, you can sweep in, get a get a decent uh, value on a couple guys. But 40% at running back, 40% at wideout, and then 12.5% at tight end. And at 12.5%, I mean, I am essentially, 
I'm putting myself in a position where I could possibly pay up for maybe not Kelsey. I haven't been valued at 30 bucks, but I could I could pay up for uh the next guys like the Ertz and Waller, you know, that area, the Andrews area. I could potentially pay up for those guys. Right now, and maybe George Kittle depends. I actually have a $24 value on George Kittle, so I could possibly pay up for him, but I think he goes higher. Andrews right now, I have a $14 value on him. I'd probably be willing to go up to about 17 bucks on him, you know? And I still have money left over if I want to grab a, a later backup and I'm only going to pay two or three bucks for, you know? Even with that, if I paid 17 and then three for two tight ends, I'm still not even hitting my 12.5%. So you save a little bit extra, then you'll have that as ammunition at running back or wide receiver, right? Uh, don't finish with money in the bank. <laughs> By the way, it's not going to do you any good. So the first tip there, allocation, allocation, allocation. Next tip, calculate those auction values. You can do it on your own. Uh, or you can just simply use mine. Uh, in the article that I'm going to have up over at FTN Fantasy, I'll tell you how to do it. I'll be honest, talking about a formula on a podcast is going to drive you insane, so I'm not going to do it. Uh, you have to know your league tendencies. That's the third tip, and that's just a tip in general for drafting. Know if people are going to. If, you're, if you say people are going to spend like crazy at running back, know that, use it to your advantage. While they overspend there, that means that you're, they're going to have less money, less ammunition to go after you in other places. Make your opponents pay for mistakes. Number four, tiers are your friends. Set up tiers. Use tiers to your advantage. Now, in a regular draft, snake draft, a lot of times I like to be at the end of the tier. I really do. I find it's the best value on the board is right before that tier dries up and it drops off, you grab a guy. In an auction, I find the best value is at the top of the tier, not the bottom of the tier. Because at the top of the tier, you're more likely to get that guy at face value as opposed to at the bottom of the tier, right before it, it dries up, there is a little bit of an extra spending spree that happens for people. They see that the position's drying up. They spend more than they should. I never want to get caught in that spot. and never want to get caught overpaying. Finally, the fifth tip that I have for you here, your nominations are important. So when I nominate, my goal is to put up guys I don't want and then really to put up guys who are going to create a a bit of a spending spree, right? Uh, Not guys that nobody else wants as well because then you might get stuck with them. So like, for example, last year, the guy who I tried to nominate almost every draft was Odell Beckham Jr., and then hopefully Baker Mayfield later on. Because I knew people were going to go after him like crazy and spend, spend, spend. So this year, um, you know, I definitely would be looking to nominate. I figure I in auctions, I am probably never going to get McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, and probably Kamara. So I would nominate all those guys. I figure that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is probably going to go higher than what I want to pay for him. So I would nominate him. I do think that Kyler Murray is the quarterback I'm going to be nominating because people are going to overspend. I I would consider nominating Mahomes and Lamar as well. At wide receiver, I'm going to nominate Michael Thomas because he's probably going to go higher than 
what I could spend, you know. So it's a lot of the top end guys. From there, as you work down through the tiers, you just have to sort of pick and choose those spots. Like you see, you know, for example, if we get down in tight end, I know people like Hayden Hurst maybe a little more than I do, so I would nominate him. You know, as we get through running back, I know people love Jonathan Taylor. And I think he's going maybe a little too expensive, so I would nominate him. Terry McLaurin, a lot of people love him. I would nominate him, right? Guys who I don't necessarily have to have and I think are going to go for a higher amount than they should, those are the guys I nominate. I'm not nominating anybody I want. There you go. (laughs) So you also have to be paying attention to them for when the guys who you do want get nominated. Uh, But anyway, I have actually five more tips. They will be in that article. I'll let you know when that article goes up at Uh, ftnfantasy.com. It it is scheduled for Wednesday, just so you know. Uh, So it'll be 10 tips there for your auction drafts. Auction drafts are a bunch of fun, no doubt about it. All right, stop by ftnfantasy.com for all the goods over there. In the meantime, before that article, there's lots of fun stuff, including, as I said, the game plan version three will be released today. You have to be, well, you have to be either a draft kit or a platinum subscriber to get access to it, but it is worth the price of admission. If you're platinum, you get draft kit, by the way. Uh, it's worth the price of admission for sure. Just getting the draft board alone. I know a lot of people want to know where that draft board is. It's the only place where it is right now is in the game plan. I appreciate everybody reviewing the podcast. means a lot. means more than you know, man. means more than you know. If you haven't already, review the show on iTunes. Easiest way to do it, open up the iTunes app on your phone. Scroll to the bottom. Click the stars. That's it. You can also review the show. You can follow me on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter and Instagram. Use that hashtag, Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.